0: For our message this morning, will you take your Bibles and turn to the fourth chapter of the book of Luke, uh, Mark, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 4. For some, a very familiar text. But I trust it will have something to say that will remind us of what we have been doing this morning. When the communion was instituted, Jesus made this statement to those to whom he gave it. This do in remembrance of me. But there are several ways that we remember Jesus. There are several ways that he has, he has designed for us to keep on remembering him and what he has done for us. And this text chosen this morning, I believe, was, was God's direction to me for our meditation This morning. So I read from Mark chapter 4, beginning to read from verse 35 to verse 41. Mark 4 35. On that day, when evening came, he said to them, the he being Jesus, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd, they took him along with them in the boat. Just as he was, and other boats were with him, and there arose a fierce gale of wind, and the waves were breaking over the boat, so that such that the boat was already filling up. Jesus himself was in the stern, asleep on the cushion, and they woke him up and said to him, "'Teacher, or Master, don't you care that we are perishing?' And he got up and rebuked the wind and the sea. Hush, be still, he said. And the wind died down and it became perfectly calm. And he said to them, why are you afraid? Do you not have faith? They became very much afraid and said to one another, who then is this? that even the wind and the sea obey him. May the words of my mouth and the meditation in our hearts be acceptable to you through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Depending on what kind it is, surprising surprises can be fun. Last Sunday morning, as I was making my way here on my own because we had the grandchildren with us. My phone rang, and it was Christopher. He was calling from Nice, France. And I, I recognized his, his the ringtone because we all have our own ringtone. And um, by the way, that, that came automatically. I didn't design it. I just wanted to know. And, and he was talking with me, and I was on my way here, and I thought you know, I can't take this call alone. I've got to get back and 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 have my wife participate in this surprise because we didn't expect him to call. And as he was talking with me, he said, Dad, you won't believe it. He said, I have met many, many people from Toronto here in Nice, France. And if, if you're not familiar with Toronto, so we're... we're Divided into boroughs, they used to call them, but now they're all cities. And, and one of them is Scarborough. Scarborough, Ontario. He said, I met people from Scarborough, Ontario. What a surprise. What a surprise. There are other surprises that we, we live with. And because our time is running out, I want to talk about the surprise of Jesus. The surprise of the disciples. The surprise of the storm and how that relates to what we have been doing this morning. Consider with me the surprise of the storm. What was surprising was not that there was a storm. What was surprising is that there was a storm and Jesus was in it. Because the theology of our day says that when, when Jesus is with us, when we give our life to Christ, we don't have to worry about anything, we are on easy street. Life becomes almost like a bowl of cherries. We, We Everything works out the way we want it to work. I mean, I have heard that. It's written in books that you can have your best life now. And yet when Jesus said to the disciples, let us go across the other side, crossing the Sea of Galilee... Suddenly, a storm. Uh, The question is, dear friends, is it possible that we can have Jesus in the boat of our lives and yet there are storms? I want to turn very quickly to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians 5. And I will almost make these pointers rather than Substance, as it were, because of time. 2 Corinthians 5. Look at verse 1. For we know that if our earthly tent, or house, some translations. We know that if our earthly tents, talking about our bodies, which is our house is torn down, we have a building from God a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. And Paul is saying that there is a difference between the bodies we have now and the bodies we will have then. The bodies we have now is like a tent. Now, you know that I'm I'm not a camper. But I know a few things about tents. Tents were not made for storms. A tent is not a castle. I remember when Lois and I had just been married, we, we, one week after we got married, we moved to eastern Canada for me to go back to school. And we went by way of, of Montreal, because the family I was living with at the time, they were from Montreal and Ottawa. And, and we, we we said goodbye to them that Sunday afternoon, and we made our way back to a little place called Ashwa. It's between Toronto and Ottawa. You don't need to know anything about that. But that night, we decided <laughs> to tent. Uh, you know, if I were honest, I'd say we didn't decide to tent. And, and so I got the tent ready, and, and, and we laid down in this park. You know, it was a park for tents. And about the middle of the night, my wife woke up petrified. The closeness of the, the tent, I mean, this, this expert in tenting. <laughs> say. She, 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 had, she had to see outside because it, it was affecting her you know tents gives you such close quarters the wind will have its way with tents if it blows from the east or it blows from the west it pushes the tents wherever it wants so is life friends that's life even as a christian we have the winds of life of adversities of suffering that touches our lives And we wonder sometimes, didn't I receive Jesus as Savior? Should should that be happening to me? After all, he is here. Why should I go through this? The storm was rather confusing. Because our faith is supposed to stop storms, not experience them. I could say much more on that, but I want to go on. The storm was not only confusing, because it was a storm with Jesus present. The storm was crippling. It was crippling. Verse 37 says, And the waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling. The boat was sinking. If the storm is if the storm of our lives are not confusing it is even more when it's crippling it is one thing for the the, the the waves and the winds to blow against the tent it's another thing for them to be in the tent because when they get in the tent they begin to interfere With us, as long as they are outside, we can hope that sooner or later it will cease. But when it begins to blow in the boat and our boat begins to sink, we begin to wonder. We begin to wonder about our faith. We begin to wonder about God. We begin to question whether this thing called faith is real or not. Because at the present moment, it's not working for me. The storms blowing the winds and the waves into my boat. How many of you in this room have ever heard of John and Betty Stamm? S-T-A-M. One, two. John and Betty Stams were missionaries to China. They went to China young students from Moody Bible Institute and Wheaton College. The China War was on at the time, and both John and Betty, young students, left in the midst of the calm of North America to go to the storms of China. They were not there Not even a year. When the storm started to come into the boat of their lives, they had one little girl, Helen, at three, at three years old. And one day, the Stams heard heard the noise outside their house, only to find that these were the Chinese soldiers coming to do whatever they wanted to do. To make the long story short, they took Betty and John. They were going to leave the little girl behind and somehow they were able to get Helen along with them. And I do not want to describe to you, ladies, what was done to Betty's family. But they were there at the call of God. How could that happen? Is it possible that God is going to call you to a place where they're going to march you naked through the streets before the the, the eyes of lustful men as a wife of a of a missionary? Is it possible? The wind was blowing into the boat of their lives. And they took John Stamm with his wife. Uh, By the way, the story of how Helen was saved is just a miracle, just a total miracle. But I don't have time to get to look at Helen right now. In the presence of of Betty, John Stamm was beheaded. And after John Stamm was beheaded, Betty was called and was told to put her head on a stump, and she was beheaded. Jesus said to the disciples, let us go across the other side. And a confusing, crippling storm arose. My friends, is it possible to remember Jesus when there are storms in our lives? Is it possible? We believe Romans 8, 28, do we not? All things work together for good. But is that true when things are going contrary to our experience? Crippling storms. And I'm going to suggest to you right now that the only people who experience crippling storms are people who have real faith. Only real faith can deal with crippling storms. You'll see this in a minute. The disciples were devoted followers of Jesus Christ. There was nothing wrong with their lives. There was not some secret things in their lives that caused God to be causing them to experience storms outside. No, they were there at the command, the invitation of Jesus. And the storm was a surprise. The storm was a surprise. But look at the surprise of the Savior. The surprise of the Savior. Remember me. This do in remembrance of me. And perhaps there's some of you sitting right here right now saying, I'm finding it hard to remember him even in this service for the simple reason that there are storms in my life right now. Storms. And not only are they beating against the boat of my life, they're getting inside. So the storm was confusing, the storm was crippling, but Look at the Savior, verses 38 and 39. And by the way, let me just finish my thought with um, the tents. You don't need to turn there unless you're there. Listen, in 2 Corinthians 5, 1, it says, For we know that if our earthly tent, which is our house, is torn down. Torn down. One translation says, we know that if our earthly tent be destroyed, John and Betty's stamp, uh, tents were destroyed. The reality, the reality that faith must face sometimes is that there are surprises of storms. But look at the Savior, verses 3 and 39. The first thing I want you to note very quickly His apparent indifference. His apparent indifference. He was in the boat. Fast asleep. You know, this is one thing that used to really bother me. When our kids were small, both Heather and Christopher. We were traveling from Toronto to Chicago. And as soon as they get in the car, they fall asleep. It used to drive me crazy. Didn't they want to talk to mom and dad? In fact, it still happens. Christopher comes home and we go to visit Heather in North Albany. And I mean, it's 29 minutes. And yet they fall asleep. See, there are two kinds of sleep, friends. Well, perhaps there are more, but I'm thinking of two this morning. There is the sleep of contentment and the sleep of indifference. See, Jonah slept the sleep of indifference. He was asleep while he was running from God. Jesus was asleep as God. Here is the humanity of Jesus coming out. So he, he knows what we go through. He knows what we face when the storms are coming. He understands because he was in it, but he was able to endure the storm because he is God. He is not indifferent to the storms that you and I face. He knows how to feel with us. Uh, the, the very interesting thing, he says, he was asleep not on a cushion; he was asleep on the cushion. So there was not a cushion for everyone; there was only one cushion. And I, I don't know. I, I mean, I've been in the Sea of Galilee, and and I know it can be furious. I mean, we started out at one point, and. By the middle of the sea, we got to the middle of the, the, the sea, the Galilean Sea, a storm came. And I'm going to tell you, there was no way I was going to fall asleep. There was no way. I mean, ev- I mean, everything was, I mean, good night. <laughs> Think of it. This, this is, this is the, the 20th century. Surely if the boat turns over, they can get helicopters there and get Yoda there before long. But that didn't matter. You see, Jesus did not have all the things, all the ducks in places, so that when the storm came, he could fall asleep. Would you bear with me? Jesus, because he's God, fell asleep knowing there would be a storm. That was no surprise to him. See, and we must not think, my friends, when, when God allows storm that something is wrong with us or that God is indifferent or that God has lost his power, he's lost his knowledge. Let me suggest to you that there is not a valid faith in the world that has not questioned God at the time when he seems to be silent. Martin Luther the reformer, I love his statement. He said, the only thing worse than hell is the silence of God. See it Spurgeon, British preacher of the late 19th century, suffered with gout. It, it was the thing that just 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 almost destroyed his life. And one day, see it Spurgeon so frustrated with this this disease said to god in prayer i wouldn't treat my son the way you're treating me right now of course he repented because my friends we soon understand that god has ways of dealing with storms that no other person not believing in god is able please listen in islam the storm is your fate. Allah has, has actually placed that at your disposal. Can't do anything about it. If in Hinduism, it is because of your past life. So you got to take storm and say, I deserve this because this is what somehow I did in the past life. If you're a Buddhist, you say, I've got to meditate the evil out of my life so that evil will come will, will be depart from me. <laughs> Interestingly enough, part of what Julie Roberts is trying to do right now. If you're an atheist, you have nobody to cry to. The only people that can cry to someone in a storm are Christians. We are the only one who has someone with us in the boat of our lives when the storms of life come. And He has called us to the place where the body they may kill. God's truth abides still. And we know that in the midst of a storm, even though John and Betty Stan died, It was only the body they were able to kill. John and Betty Stamps are alive because God was not indifferent to them. I know it's easy for me to say that standing here. But I have enough witnesses, friends. Hebrews 11 tells us of people who experience not the indifference of God in the storm, but the presence of God in it. The presence of God in it. Look at his authority in verse 39. Jesus awoke and I love this. A couple of years ago, we had a fire in our house uh, New Year's Eve or Christmas Eve or whichever one it was. I don't remember. Lois had the candles in the house. It was Christmas time. And, and before we went to bed, we made sure that all the candles were, were um, out, and, but one was not. And in the middle of the morning the smoke alarms going crazy we jumped up fuels days what's going on didn't know what was causing and the smoke was filling the house and i had to run and look for the source thank god it did some damage but it didn't burn the house down i always say oh my what would i do if my books were burned When Jesus awoke, he was not startled. When Jesus awoke, he was not surprised. When Jesus awoke, he addressed the storm. And and, and this is what I want you to see, friends. He spoke to the cause. He, he, he He didn't rebuke the disciples first. He took care of the storm. He removed the thing that was causing them to panic. (laughs) Jesus said, hush, hush. He said to to the winds, stop. Have you ever thought of it, that the greatest thing we have to face the storms of life is the word of God. The word of God. Jesus spoke to the wind. He spoke to the storm. The, the authority of the, the voice of Jesus Christ. His word brought a man back to life. John 11. His word released a man from the grip of a crippling disease in Mark 2. His word controlled and an, an absolutely demise a demoniac. His word was again used to speak to the storm. In the transfiguration recorded in Matthew, when the heavens opened, a voice was heard from heaven saying this, This is my beloved Son. Listen to Him. Here, my friends, is the, the lesson. Whose voice do we listen to when there are storms in our lives? Whose voice? Can, can we find comfort comfort. I was listening to Beth, um, Elizabeth Elliott telling the story of their experience in South America in 1956. When those five missionaries went to see the Alka Indians, not knowing what the end result would be, only that God had opened the door. As they landed their plane on the beach, five of them sang together as they were leaving, we rest on thee and in thy name we go. They remembered Jesus, not knowing that that's the last time they would remember him on earth. In the Reformation, Luther wrote a great song. And though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us the storms. Because remember, the reason he rebuked the storm is behind that storm. Was the spirit of darkness? He rebuked it. He knew the source. And though this world, with the devils filled, should threaten to undo us, God, we we will not fear. For God hath will His truth to triumph through us. The prince of darkness, grim, we tremble not for him. For lo, his doom is sure. One little word shall fell him. One little word, not my word. But the word that comes from the word, when he confronted Jesus in the wilderness, Jesus said, it is written, and Satan left him. And my friends, if he left him when he used the word, he will leave us when we use the word. Lastly, and very quickly, the surprise disciples, the surprise of the storm, the surprise of the Savior, yet he's asking us, remember me, remember me. Look at the surprised disciples. Uh, Have you ever noticed that the disciples were more afraid of the calm than they were of the storm? Look at the text. They were more afraid. When they saw the the storm, still they became fearful. But that word fear is not the same fear that we are told about. They were panicking before. Now this time they're fearing. Their whole emotional being saw something that affected their whole system. Oh, I wish I had time. I'll do this some other time. Because my friends, when God works, something should happen to us. We can't be indifferent. When we have encountered Jesus In the midst of the storms of life, we can't be the same people afterwards. When we come to a place where His Word is open to us, we can't be the same people. When we remember Him, something should happen to us emotionally. We should feel our faith, if you please. I'll deal with that some other time. To feel our faith emotionally means, my friends, that we feel our inside, as the disciples said, our hearts were burning within us as he spoke to us along the way. They were emotionally surprised because Jesus is not like any other man, like any other God. Please listen, my friends. Every other God demands that we serve them initially and then perpetually. Jesus is the only God who comes to serve us. It's amazing. You know that little Alexander was born, eight pounds, six ounces in Britain this past week. And, and, and people were standing out there, I mean, weeks waiting. Waiting. And you know something? Not one of them was invited to go home with the baby. After spending two weeks out there, night and day. But my friends, when Jesus comes, when he meets us in the storm and we remember him, he invites us. He invites us to come to him, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest I will I will cause you I will cause you to know the calm of the storm and if that doesn't move us emotionally I don't know what will what will but they were also moved intellectually you see spirit must answer to truth there was the reality of a storm and there's the reality of a calm and now they ask the question Who then is this? Isn't it amazing? They were walking with Jesus all that time, and still they did not know him. That is, to know him beyond acquaintance. And Peter was a part of this whole entourage with Jesus. And listen to what he says in 2 Peter 3.18. In his last book that he wrote, Peter said this, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grow in grace. Don't stop growing because of storm. Remember him in the storms and you will grow in grace. Get to know him in the word and you will grow in knowledge. And so when the storms come, when it beats against The bark of our lives. And when the waters begin to get inside. Remember that he is not absent. He is not indifferent. He is in the boat with us. He is in the storm with us. And he will show us his majesty. So that we will ask. Who then is this? And the answer will come. This is my beloved son. In whom. I am pleased. Father, please take your word and help us to remember Christ. When there are storms, when he seems to be indifferent to the storms of life, help us to remember him and then surprise us with a manifestation of his power and his glory. In Jesus' name, Amen.